<clears throat> Adam said the most uh, before he stepped up here. He said the the biggest miracle of today's service is whether I'll be done in time. So, but uh, that's all right. Time, yeah, I know. All right. Who cares, right? No problem. All right, this sounds kind of loud. Maybe turn me down a little bit. Can we just join with me in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you that your love is constant. It's unchanging. It's always there. Lord, your word says that every morning uh, your mercies are new. And so we start every morning. It's every morning. Every day is a new day. And every morning your mercies are new. It's a clean slate. And we come to you not loaded up with the things from our past, uh, that those are nailed to the cross. And we come to you uh, through Jesus Christ, the Son, a new and living way. And uh, we thank you for that. We pray that your word would just come alive this morning as we look at it in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. John 14, 6 uh, says, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. John 14, 6. It's kind of an interesting little dialogue between uh, Thomas and Jesus. As uh, those of you who have been coming recently, I've been in a, kind of in the middle of a series on different pathways or sacred pathways to Christ. And here uh, uh, in this interaction, <clears throat> Jesus said in, in verse 1 of uh, 14, says, he's speaking to his disciples. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place uh, for you. Uh, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Kind of a little historical note here. This uh, phrasing or this terminology that Jesus is using is actually a, a Hebrew um, um, idiom in a sense or a, a phrase that was familiar to his disciples when, when a man would be betrothed to a woman, when they would get engaged, what he would then do, often it would be a year period in which once that engagement was accepted, he would go to his father's house. And during that betrothment period, there would be a period where they would not see one another. And during that time, he would actually build an addition onto his father's house. And that's what that word of mansion. There are many mansion or additions or dwelling places. And so it's a picture of a, of a, of a groom who is proposed to a bride going and preparing a place to receive his beloved. All right, and that he's going away preparing this mansion in his father's house. And everybody in Jesus' day would have known exactly what he was talking about. And uh, sometimes when we read this, it's like, well, what's he talking about? Well, he's talking about someone who's badly in love with his, uh, his bride-to-be and is going to prepare a place in his father's house. And this is the promise from Jesus. He says, I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, you may be there also. And where uh, I go, you know, and the way you know. And then Thomas said, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your nice little teaching here. But Lord, we do not know where you are going. <laughs> Sorry, but no, we don't. <laughs> where I'm going, you know. And Thomas was like, 
You know, I know I got a bad name and all, but <laughs> Doubting Thomas. It's like straightforward Thomas. I'm um, sorry, Lord, we have no idea where you're going and, and how in the world. How can we know the way? Well, that's the question. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this uh, word, through me, is it, it can mean of a place, of time, or of means. Place, time, or means. Um, the Strong's definition is, is uh, it says, it's a primary preposition denoting the channel of an act. What is the act that Jesus is talking about? What is the act? What action does Jesus talk about? Huh? Huh? No. Sorry. <laughs> what, what, what's the point of Jesus's going to the Father? Going to the Father. No one goes to the Father. And so that's the action. That's the desired goal is going to the Father. What's the means? Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the means or the channel. He's the, the way. Okay? He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the, uh, the Father except through me. And so uh, there's this sense in that some people misunderstand that uh, the gospel is about accepting Jesus as your Lord, and that is true, but Jesus has somewhere to take you. All right? And you're going with Jesus or through Jesus or in Jesus to the Father. How big is God? Huh? Pretty big. He's infinite. How, how, he's eternal. And so it'll take an eternity to get to know an infinite God. And that's what's in store for us if we come through Jesus Christ. Jesus is a person and each of us, whether you know it or not, you're actually a person. How many are aware of that this morning? All right. Persons have personalities. Generally. Some more than others. <laughs> no. We have personalities. We have gifts. We have talents. We have temperament. Uh, and, there, and then there's this whole influence of culture, and it's so amazing the influence. So much of what you and I think is us is really just the culture we live in. And the older I get and the more I study it, the more I see that what I thought was something uniquely me just happens to be something uniquely to everyone born in the same era that I was born in uh, as a result of influences and kind of sorting through what do I want to influence my life. All of these different things affect how we relate to God, how we relate to ourselves, and how we relate to others. And that's what this idea of pathways is all about. We've talked about <coughs> several different pathways. These are ways that people relate. It's a confluence, if you will, of the different aspects or uh, uh, characteristics of our personality, our talents, our gifts, uh, our culture, but uh, we tend to lean into uh, one or two of these more uh, primarily and other ones to a lesser degree. Understanding all of them will help us get closer to Jesus, help us walk with Christ, um, and get into a deeper relationship with the Father. Relational pathway we've talked about, the intellectual pathway we've talked about, serving 
pathway. And then last week we talked about the uh, contemplative pathway. And today we're going to look at the activist pathway. Um, and again, there's lots of different studies, just like personality traits. Uh, you know, everybody that writes their own study comes up with their own terms uh, so that they don't violate some copyright law. <laughs> and so um, there's different things. And the test you can take on our website uses different terms, but it's pretty easy to match them up. Um, I like this one, uh, the activist pathway. Those we talked a few weeks ago about the serving pathway are people that feel God best when they're doing things. The difference here is that the people who have the activist pathway feel God best when they're starting something new. Now, how many remember the movie Chariots of God? Come on, put your hands up. How many have never heard of the movie Chariots of God? Uh, Chariots of Fire. How many... Let's try that again. How many remember the movie Chariots of Fire? There you go. <laughs> okay, the movie was about a missionary, true story, who went to um, China. China right? Remember the scene where he's talking to, I think, his sister? He says, when I run. Remember what he said? I feel God. All right? When I run. That's the... Yeah, that's the pivotal point in that movie. And you, you can tell, I probably I'll try to get that clip. It's like, I feel God. You know? And that's different. When I run, I don't feel God. <laughs> I feel gravity, okay? <laughs> All right. People who have the activist pathway, they feel God. They sense the supernatural. They get energized when they're starting something new. They revel in highly challenging environments that push them to their absolute edge of their potential. Okay? Uh, Routine activities bore these kind of people. All right? They love something that's fast-paced and something that pushes them to their limit. In fact, for people like this, often going to church week in and week out drains them. All right? Did you hear that? I'm a pastor. (laughs) It's true. I understand this. Okay? Going to church in and out doesn't energize everyone. And the wrong response is, oh, I don't get anything out of it, so I just won't go to church. All right? No. Just understand, okay, maybe this is not where you're going to get. Maybe where, where, where people with this pathway or they have a higher degree of this pathway, starting something new energize them. So they need to be starting new things. Maybe uh, uh, planning a new church or starting a whole new ministry. Uh, that engages them. They get excited about it. And uh, it gets their heart pounding. They feel God. Most people, and this is good, this is okay to desire a safe, comfortable and predictable life it's interesting even some people that would disagree with me outwardly really when you step back and look at their life they just want something easy all right something safe you know and a lot of people spend so much of their their time and energy in life avoiding um discomfort (laughs) you know uh, because they just want you know safe they want something predictable they want to know what's going to happen tomorrow 
All right. And these kind of active people with the activist pathway don't want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, if they know what's going to happen tomorrow, they'll change it. Just, it's just like, please. <clears throat> Going somewhere where you might be arrested for, for witnessing for Christ, it's like, yeah, that's exciting. You know, I talk to people, I'm like, when, a few years ago, I we went to Morocco, and I just can't wait to go back again, or some other Muslim country. And some people look at me, and, you know, one, one, one pastor said, why in the world would you ever go there? You know, and I said, because there's no Christians there. And he was like, <laughs> he didn't get it, you know. <clears throat> um, uh, they're always asking themselves, what can I do that is just one notch more adventurous or on the edge? All right. Uh, something that seems impossible is the only thing that stirs this kind of individual. I think, uh, I think Moses probably had this. You see him, you know, especially when he goes out to confront the Egyptian when he was a young man. And uh, he sees an Egyptian beating uh, a Hebrew, so he kills him. <laughs> you know, you just wonder. <laughs> he murdered the guy, all right? He beat him to a pulp and buried him in a hole. All right? And he goes out the next day, and then he sees two Hebrews fighting each other. He's like, oh, great, now what am I going to do? You know? <laughs> and they say, who made you a judge? And he realized everybody knew what he did. So he, he ran away, and of course he did spend... 40 years, God had to sort through some of his issues, but uh, uh, <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 2, let's throw some scripture in here. You understand that these pathways are not strictly biblical uh, in this, that sense. We're kind of using them as an analogy, uh, but we see them. They're in the lives of biblical uh, experience. Uh, Nehemiah, if you've never studied Nehemiah, he's a great example here he is serving a king, a foreign king, a, a Gentile king. And the king said to Nehemiah, verse 2, chapter 2, Why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid and said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies in waste and its gates are burned with fire? So the king said to me, what do you request? And so I prayed to the God of heaven. Uh And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen also sitteth, sitting beside him, uh, how long will your journey take? And and he goes on and he gives, uh, uh, gives permission to Nehemiah to, uh, he gives him a leave of absence so he can go and rebuild the city. I mean, just think, here he is living a comfortable life, uh, serving this king of a powerful nation. He's uh, w- probably wealthy and influential beyond anything that you can dream, but his heart is to go and do something that's impossible. And he's not happy living the comfortable life. He wants to rebuild the city. And he's driven by that. And he doesn't rest until he's given permission. And sure enough, he does it. You know, and he and these people can can bring uh, energy to others. And a whole troop ended up following him. And we see this uh, 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 this this uh, character, this pathway revealed in other leaders that starts start whole new things. I think of uh, Lauren Cunningham with YWAM. <laughs> 
this radical young guy just said, let's just do something. Nobody make any money. They have to raise all their own support and go to the, 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 ends, of the ends of the world and just do it, preach the gospel. And Youth with a Mission is what he found is the largest mission organization in the world. And nobody receives a paycheck. I mean, how does that work? And just completely exploded because he wanted to do something new. Or John Wimber, uh, <coughs> uh, who some of you may have heard of, he wanted to do something new. He wanted to see Jesus in action. Often these people can be misunderstood. Uh, they, they're accused of biting off a little more than they can chew, which is usually true. <laughs> That's exactly what they want, you know? So why wouldn't you? They, they don't understand why you would have a problem with that. Others may tell them to chill out, calm down, uh, but that just turns these kind of people off. Um, uh, on the other hand, these t- people tend to accuse others of not having enough faith or being complacent. Listen to this. This may mean that you have the gift of faith, all right, which is not the whole sermon. But a gift of faith is, you know, we all have to have faith in order to be saved. But some people have a gift of faith. That means they operate on a supernatural level of faith. And so that faith enables them to do supernatural things. They have an expectation that's just higher than the normal Christian. And that exists because they have that gift. And that gift is given to them to serve the body, not to accuse or judge the body. Hear me? All right, and so you can call, you can speak forth, you can say, I see this, and I see that, and I see this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And you draw people along with you but with the vision rather than accusing people of not doing. That's One is life-giving, one is uh, not life-giving, one is death. You know, One is tree of knowledge, good and evil, and accusation. And you need to flow in your gift and realize, oh, this is my pathway. Or... Another reason why I'm taking so much time talking about each one of these is because I don't have enough time in any given Sunday to go through all of them. <laughs> no, uh, really, is because <clears throat> we, we want to respect, not, not only understand who we are, but understand how to relate to others, you see? Okay, and you say, oh boy, he must have the activist pathway. How can I assist him or her? And, and how, can I enab- how can I use my gifts or personalities to come alongside uh, and you need to develop if you have this <clears throat> or uh, if you're working with someone that has this formation uh, this uh, this pathway you need to develop uh, you know there's a term called a spiritual formation plan or a way to grow spiritually a discipleship method that uh, includes a lot of risk taking you know do mission trips or uh, find ways uh, that enable you to push the envelope. All right, find where your envelope is. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people with this gift, make a huge mistake. They think that they can't live out their passion unless they're in full-time ministry. And let me tell you something about full-time ministry. It's like handcuffs. Okay, it's like prison in many senses. What? I'm sorry. Huh? Was that a negative confession? Hey, Jim, could you lead me through a prayer here? Can, can we break this? this is Jim and Shirley Conway. Give him a hand. Hey. All right, this is the deal. <clears throat> so, you know, you see me up here, but 99% of my job, I'm not in front of people. I'm doing 
administrative work. I'm pulling all the pieces together. I'm trying to get other people to do stuff. All right? And sometimes it's hard. <laughs> all right? And so I'm so limited in my interaction with unbelievers that I have to really fight, okay, to get in front of someone that's not a believer because I'm just so occupied running the business and running the ministry and serving you. The people in ministry are called to equip the saints so that the saints can do the work of ministry. And so if you have an activist uh, pathway, if you want to do something for God, God's probably not calling you to be in ministry because what you do then is just equip other people to do the stuff for God. You need to get out there and do it. Okay? Find how you can do things for God and push the envelope wherever God has called you. And do it to the best of your might. Alright? And if God chooses to put you in ministry, then you can come and that's like death roll. I'm serious. Read Paul. I die daily. All right? You got to get the vision for this because God wants... You're the church. You're in the world. Okay? I'm here to serve you. To help you. To equip you so that you can make a difference in your world. All right? And we church is an important part of that. Sunday celebrations where we come together and we can hear things like... Uh, a young teen, or, uh, I think she's still a teen. How old are you, Chloe? <laughs> young woman, and cry out and 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 uh, share words, and that's great. This celebration, but listen, there's people in the world, people. What do I mean by that? People that don't ever, you know, walk through the doors of a church that need to see God revealed in real ways where they're at, and this is a day for that. All right. This is a day of restoration. This is the day. So go do it, activist. Adam's going to come give some uh, announcements.